Hello, everybody, and thank you, Janet Lee. That was absolutely super. And we're happy to be here with you today. And hey, we're on a little bit of a different hour, aren't we, because of the time change. And I hope you all caught that. If not, you can always uh, pick it up in the, the recordings and the archives. But uh, God bless you uh, and your ears. For the Bible says, uh, blessed are those that see and that hear these things. And so, bless the name of God, uh, we've got a lot to cover. I want to go through a few things before we get into the crux of it. Um, I want to just talk about, you know, some of the, the flash prophecies and some of the survival prophecies that we have sent out and uh, how inspiring and how interesting uh, and how accurate those prophecies have been. Uh, I remember of a long, long time ago when uh, and I'm talking like as much as 40 years ago, when uh, they were, they were, the scientists were saying that we were getting ready to come into an ice age, and uh, the prophecy I received said, "No, uh, there is coming, uh, you know, uh, a global warming." And uh, people laughed at that. They said, oh, "The scientists, they ought to know." And and how do you expect to know? Uh, you know, that's something the scientists know, and you're trying to be smarter than the scientists. I said, well, God is smarter than the scientists, and he knows what the scientists don't know, and scientists are still just in beginning uh, knowledge. But, but God does know, and when God speaks by the Holy Spirit, I depend on that. And uh, we've, uh, we've been listening to the woes and lamentations of the doomsayers uh, who have been predicting... Uh, the end of the uh, of, of America and uh, the the uh, destruction of her as a nation, the fall of America, and uh, that uh, their dollar was going to uh, drop into nothing, and basically, and and uh, you know, one one thing after another, knocking the government, knocking the the, the presidents, uh, knocking the organization, knocking the constitution. Uh, just about knocking everything. And I'm going to tell you something, that uh, I, I'm, I'm not in with those howlers. I'm not in with those doomsayers. Uh, you know, uh, some interesting uh, news uh, that's coming out is um, uh, a large uh, broad, uh, broadcasting company uh, that is involved in economics and so forth, uh, they, they are uh, telling us uh, what we've heard on many other uh, stations, that the stock market uh, may be starting the best three-year run ever seen. May be starting the best three-year run ever seen. That is a prediction now. Uh, it's interesting how uh, <laughs> things are turning around. My, 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 it's, it just is amazing. Um, American hotel chains, they are in a boom all over the world. And uh, it says uh, in one of the, uh, uh, the large uh, economic companies uh, called Daily Wealth, uh, things aren't just better than pessimists have predicted. Um, they are a lot better. Dow Jones just recently announced uh, that uh, the stocks had hit uh, new record highs. There's a recovery going on in the market, suggest various investors. And um, there is a regaining of confidence in the uh, U.S. economy. 
uh, as quoted by BBC uh, News Business. So um, a lot's going on. Um, uh, not everyone understands that U.S. non-manufacturing industries uh, account for about 90% of the economy, and they are continuing to expand. And there is signs of, uh, of uh, you know, um, recovery in the U.S. housing market. Huh, this is interesting. Rolls-Royce, they have sold more cars than ever in their 100-year history. In just these last short few uh, period, this short period of time, uh, more automobiles in their 100-year history. Now, People are saying, well, you know, China, they're ready to take over. They're this, they're that. And, and, and there's a lot of ignorance out there about China. Uh, you know, um, there is a prediction by some of the various uh, economists. Uh, of course, they're not always right, but, but they, I've read enough and studied enough to see that there's some aspects of truth here. Uh, China's property bubble is reaching its limits. They've got brand new uh, buildings, homes, and almost like towns and cities that are just ghost towns because there's no people able to buy the, the property there. They've got, you know, a financial problem. And, of course, the um, uh, United States has, has had a disagreement and unhappiness with China for a long time because they devalue their dollar by 40% less than the U.S. dollar. And, and uh, that gives them an unfair, uh, you know, trading advantage. So there's a lot going on, you know, that people just are not aware of. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, I guess, just don't want to be aware of some of the things. They want to believe what, what they want to believe. Now, world consumption... Uh, in the BTUs, uh, China, uh, 15 billion, 466, 0 0.13, uh, and U.S., 14 billion, 537,506. Uh, I said point earlier. Of, of China, 15 uh, billion, 466,013. U.S., 14, 537,506. Uh, <laughs> They're just about equal in world consumption. Gold holdings, um, all right. China holds 131, 561, 688, okay. Uh, the United States, 261, 533, 354. I mean, they have twice the amount of gold. Twice the amount of gold that China does. Come on, people. And right now, you know, uh, China is being flooded with inflation. Uh, some of it caused by how the U.S. is deflating things, which is, you know, a brilliant thing on their part. A lot of people disagree with me. But uh, this is one way to uh, reduce the national debt. And it is, a, you know, it's a powerful, uh, powerful way. Uh, there's a, a change uh, going on. Uh, uh, the USA 
is involved in a gigantic quantum leap forward, and things are getting ready to, uh, you know, ignite uh, along uh, that line. So there are things happening, ladies and gentlemen, more than people realize. And, uh, you know, um, there are people out there with uh, putting dark charisma on uh, the United States, uh, America. Uh, they're out there to seemingly to undermine uh, uh, the most fundamental happenings uh, that there are proof of. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, pretty pathetic. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I want to talk about, you know, things like people are saying, uh, they're saying that, you know, when this war uh, with, with the United States starts, uh, the, the, the Armageddon, that there will be no nations in the world, no nations in the world, that, that will be on the side of, of Israel. They'll, all, the, all the nations of the world will be fighting against Israel. And that is an outright, outright false statement. And, and, and really, in my opinion, an evil assumption. Uh, it is just absolutely not Bible. This is a misunderstanding of the word all. Uh, many times the Bible say all of the angels of this. And it may be talking about all of the ophanims or all of the, the cherubim or all of the seraphim. Uh, sometimes when it says all about the nations that are going to come against Israel, it's talking about all of the nations that are aligned against Israel. But it doesn't mean every nation in the entire whole world. And the Bible tells us in Micah that God is going to raise up seven shepherds. And that's Micah 5. And those shepherds are represent nations. And then there's going to be eight principal men, which are the leaders that, that are going to be outstanding leaders at that time of those nations. And the Bible says that like birds flying, there's going to be aid come to um, Israel during that time of the invasion. And I'm sure that that's talking about <laughs> the power of, the, of America. The United States was the first country in the world to, to go for getting the Jews to have citizenship. The first country. I mean, I could really have a lot to say about all this. Uh, but they were the first country in the world to give citizenship to the Jews. That to me is is awesome and important you know so I, I you know I could talk a lot more about that I'll be getting out a um, fairly soon uh, a new um, uh, uh, blog uh, writing on survival and uh, we will uh, we'll have a lot to cover and a lot to say because uh, there there's a lot in the subject of things that we want to talk about. Now, I told you that coming up, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be re-creating um, uh, out of the fragment of scriptures uh, and being led by the Holy Spirit, the book of the war of the gods. And uh, that, those, that book is described in uh, Genesis 4, uh, 30 through 34. And um, there's uh, other scriptures that uh that speak about it uh but there are so many things that are so interesting about this this book of the war and and uh 
this is a reason, one of the reasons why that a lot of people are ignorant about the plan of God because uh, they don't know how to read the invisible Bible. And because they can't read the invisible Bible, there, there is just, you know, uh, a host of information that they do not know. And, uh, but that invisible Bible, you know, the it's described, it says, it says, uh, having eyes to see, they see not. Having ears to hear, they hear not. But then it says in Revelation, blessed are those that do have ears to hear and those that do have eyes to see. For God will bless them. He'll go before them, the Bible indicates. And so when this book of wars, we begin to, to bring this to, uh, about, and we're going to be starting that pretty soon, and we're going to be talking about the, the sons of darkness, the sons of light, uh, the people of darkness, the people of light. I don't like to just say the sons because the way it's written in the English Bible, it basically puts it into the male, the male uh, mode, but it incorporates, it actually includes also the females. So sometimes I just like to use the word persons. But um, we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about the war between the, the rings the rings of the sons of light and the rings of the of the of the the sons or children or persons of darkness and that's going to be an eye opening glitter blessed be the name of god so we have a lot to cover uh you know we we we've we've got a lot to cover we've uh haven't begun to cover all the things that are going to be covered because uh it's, it's just a huge extended subject. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, okay, now, let's, let's talk a little bit about the caves, about the caves. Um, one of the things that the next experiment um, and um, uh, NASA determination is to send a probe uh, to Mars, and also there's one later planned. Uh, they were going to do it sooner, but financial things, uh, they claim, held it back. Um, there's going to be one sent to the moons of, uh, of Saturn, uh, some particular moons for sure, because they, what they are looking for is subterranean uh, caves. And uh, they have a really good uh, uh, hint by some of the um, oversights that have already been made from space probes uh, that these uh, subterranean places do exist both on Mars and on these particular uh, 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 satellite moons, so to speak, of, uh, of Saturn. Uh, that is all, to me, extremely interesting because it goes along with all the teachings that we are doing about Mars and Saturn and, and, and about how that Satan, uh, you know, took the giants. He took the giants uh, to, um, the, um, uh, uh, to Mars and then later to, to the moons of, uh, of uh, Saturn. 
And, uh, you know, there's just so many scriptures that, that, you know, people don't understand. We've preached on. The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. And it tells about how that people just went on with their regular life. and But then all of a sudden there was two in the field, one taken, one left. And eventually there was this meeting of the angels and they were all taken up, uh, you know, to meet these uh, uh, flying chariots of God or, or Zis as we call them, C-Z-I-T-H-S. And uh, they're going to be picked up and uh, taken away. And And God says, you know, uh, this is how it happened in the days of Noah. Uh, well, you know, there's there's some interesting things that if there w- if this thing was not true, there would be outright contradictions in the Bible. For instance, in the book of uh, of Genesis six, it says in the uh, um, the seventh chapter in the second verse, of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of the beasts that are not clean by two, male and his female of the fowls of the air. Now, it immediately goes with, in the reference of this scripture about creatures of the air. And, and uh, then, just going down in, a, in the eighth verse, from two to eight, it says that Noah uh, went into the, you know, in and his uh, sons and wives and his, and his uh, you know, da- uh, sons and wives uh, went in with him, and um, and of the clean beast and of the beasts that are not clean, and of the fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth, there went in two and two. And Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. Now, this would be a total contradiction. This says that into the ark, the actual time that they went in the ark, it was two by two. But this other scripture says, it says, Of every clean beast thou shalt take thee by sevens. But this scripture in the eight says, Of clean beast and of beast that are not clean. You know, there went in two by two. So what does that mean? Well, that means that there were eight saved of people by, by water, which was the Noah's Ark. And that, the, that the, the animals that got onto the Ark, clean and unclean, as it says here in the eighth verse, of the second chapter of Genesis, or pardon me, the seventh chapter of Genesis, that, that there was two by two, I'm talking of pairs. And this contradiction, though, is quite amazing. Well, wh- how did those get in? And why is it the greater number? Because there was more room with these big transport ziths than there was on the ark. And these huge transport ziths took these huge number of animals and airlifted them, cared for them, and brought them back to be released in various parts of the world after the flood. So that goes along with the scripture in the 24th chapter of, um, of, of uh, uh, Matthew in, in uh, which it talks about uh, you know, uh, as it was in the days uh, uh, before the flood, uh, you know, and, and uh, all these things were going on, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you can read that yourself in, in uh, Matthew 24 and um, look at uh, starting verse 36 and um, verse 37, but as 
the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. As those days were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So some of the people that were, that were saved, there was eight, okay? But that was by the, the, the water, by the ship. And, and there's even another scripture that says some by the water, some by the fire. Well, if you think of the fire, you remember when Elijah went up in the fiery uh, uh, chariot and the fiery horses. And, and so fire can have the meaning of those kind of, of uh, zith spaceships because the Bible says the coming of the Son of Man will be like lightning from, from, from the, the west to the east. And so... You've got this fieriness, and, and uh, you've got some saved by the water, some, some saved by the fire. And uh, blessed be the, and, and normally you think of fire not saving anybody, but burning someone up. But when you refer it to the, to the you know, Elijah event and the, and the fiery uh, chariots of fire, which were ziths, and, and the fiery horses, which were, you know, the, the engines, which, we, which in uh, the uh, uh, um, our Tertian revelation or, or the Father's house revelation are called pilots, are, are, are what we call pilots, but they call, they call them engines. And that's because, uh, you know, the engines operate all the mechanism of their ship by their minds. And I just was reading an article here just recently where uh, they are uh, uh, coming onto various uh, uh, discoveries uh, with the power of the, of the brain and how that, uh, you know, the brain, uh, with even some of these people that are crippled and, and are, that are so handicapped that they don't have uh, hands and arms to use, uh, they are able with their mind to, to cause things to uh, turn on or off with machines and even with the computer. And, and so they were saying that uh, it's very probable that, that spacecraft of the future will be uh, operated by the minds, the brains uh, of people who uh, are called the pilots. And uh, you know, these things are all coming out. I've been preaching them for years. I've been preaching them, you know, I mean, I, I've been preaching this Holy Manifest for 50 years. And, and, but these things are really beginning to come out and to be understood. And as we begin to see how that, that uh, you know, people say, well, how could there be these, these animals that got way off in these other lands and, and, and the, the separation of some of the continents and all of that, and when did they happen? And uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible, the Bible it does tell the story. It, it is real. And, and that brings us, you know, to the, the caves and the giants and all those kind of subjects because there is so much going on. I mean, one of the things that people are beginning to realize, as I said before last week, I think, that there uh, has been uh, an extremely high-tech civilization that definitely existed <clears throat> in the uh, distant past of this planet Earth. I talked last week about metals, uh, aluminum metals found in Russia that the scientists there estimated to be uh, 300 million years old. Uh, they, it was manufactured uh, aluminum, the type that could be used uh, or would seemingly be used in something like microscopes or technical things. And, uh, and it, it, it predates, you know, an incredible amount of time. Uh, and it was found in coal which is something, you know, pretty, pretty uh, dependable for aging. 
<clears throat> so, um, uh, and then I mentioned other items that were found that go back like two point, uh, two, two, uh, uh, two uh, you know, a, a billion comma eight, uh, you know, years ago. And uh, all kinds of other things that they found. I don't want to, you know, just repeat everything. But, uh, you know, uh, this, this whole thing uh, about the revelation of uh, Cush, uh, uh, the father of Nimrod, and who those people really were, and the stories of, uh, of the life of Nimrod, uh, it, it's, it, they're just absolutely incredible things. And and we we talked about the Gyges of Lydia, and and uh, uh, finding that uh, buried um, uh, king who was inside this uh, gigantic uh, uh, coffin that was made like a horse, and he took the ring off of his skeletal finger, and it had you know it had magic powers. Uh, how that uh, the uh, uh, in in legends uh, uh, about uh, Solomon, uh, it tells about uh, you know uh, him having uh, a magical uh, signet ring, and uh, we talked about uh, this revelation of the hexagon on on Saturn, the eye uh, that's on uh, the opposite end of Saturn uh, on the South Pole, and the the hexagon being on the uh, on the uh, North Pole. Uh, those are incredible revelations. They're incredible connections. Uh, you know, Saturn is, is huge. You know, it's 95 times more massive than the Earth. And uh, we talked about the six points of the hexagon star. <coughs> that you get that six points uh, when you are, uh, you know, looking at it in, in what, we, what is called the reverse position. And uh, they call it the petrogram. But you can get a five-pointed star <coughs> looking at that same um, um, uh, hexagon uh, by looking at it in the obverse, O-B-V-E-R-S-E position. So <coughs> those are all incredibly, incredibly fantastic uh, you know, uh, things of knowledge and, and, and reality. Um, <coughs> Now, uh, we want to, to say that uh, in Turkey, um, and by the way, uh, if you get to talk about the Ottoman Empire and, and, and how powerful they were, uh, and they were Turks, they were called from Turkey, uh, there's a lot of history about Turkey. And even where the Ark landed was over on the mountains, which is, you know, just right there, uh, under the uh, legal control of Turkey. And so um, it's, it's just absolutely amazing uh, to get into the, uh, the, the, the knowledge and the covering of, of uh, all, all of these things. Um, there in Turkey, uh, at this ancient place called Kappa um, of Dosia, or it's also pronounced U-K-H-U, U-K-H-U, uh, uh, there was, uh, there was, and still is. Can still, you can still go to it. Uh, the largest subterranean underground uh, cave system in the world, um, and uh, uh, this uh, Lydia, of course, was uh, involved with Gyges, who who was the one that found that 
ring on the skeleton in the in this big uh, coffin looked like uh, you know a horse um, and uh, he found that ring uh, but there's this big huge cave just almost they say the way that it is built they, they, they can't imagine how that it could have been built how the, how that any humans could have built it uh, there's a mystery there that that is uh, much of questions <clears throat> well it's interesting that northwest of Edrei, uh, there is also uh, a huge, enormous uh, uh, group of caverns uh, that, that uh, put together make one of the most amazing cave cities in the world. And uh, <clears throat> it is described, uh, you know, as Bashan. It's uh, it's over close to the Golan Golan Heights, which is part of uh, of the small hills connected to Mount Hermon, and there uh, this Og, this king that was uh, uh, considered to be fourteen feet tall, Og, and isn't it interesting that Og has the last two names transliterated, or not names, but <clears throat> letters translate alliterated uh you know og and if you add g in front of it you got you have gog again so you got og and you got uh you've got gog which has you know the name og in the name gog and this was a famous one of the most famous one of the last giants to be conquered and they had these uh, this huge underground city uh Edrei. and they say that if the the giants had, had stayed, both the giants of, of, uh, of Sihon and the giants of, of, uh, of um, Edrei and, and this guy, uh, Golan Heights area had stayed in the caverns. It would just be impregnable. It, it'd be so difficult to have gone in there and got them out. Uh, they had these huge uh, uh, doors that were made out of uh, out of tons of of rock that were on rollers, and they could roll that to the to the uh, entrance and to various other doorways to go down the tunnels. They could they could push those, and they were on rollers. And when they pushed them there, they locked in a certain way so that so that they could not be opened. They could they would not. You could not push them and open them. The weight was just too great. You couldn't get enough people there or enough machinery there to push those gates open if they were locked. But, but Og and, and, and Sihon uh, were so confident that they could, they could whip uh, and destroy uh, these uh, uh, what they called little people, uh, the Israelites, that uh, they didn't even bother to think about going into their tunnels because uh, they were just confident that there's no way they could possibly lose with their giant, strong supermen. And uh, so they went out to battle. Well, <laughs> between Joshua and, and Moses, they were just totally defeated. And, and, and all of those giants were killed out of the mountains. They were all, they were all destroyed. And, and, and only... Uh, you know, a few of those that escaped, uh, you know, made it over to uh, Gath and, and some of those cities by the Philistines. And um, 
uh, and that is where, of course, the the, the big giant uh, uh, came from that uh, that David fought. He was a remnant of that seed that went over there. So uh, you know the story goes on, uh, but but uh, these enormous caves have been a plan uh, that has been used by the giants and by Satan. Um, uh, and, and why would that be? Well, uh, they say, according to the Bible even, uh, you know, if I don't I know if I have time to give you all the scriptures, but that these, um, these caves uh, of the nature, how they're built, will even survive an earthquake. All right, if there's a sun flare that comes on the earth, or, or even uh, some kind of a, um, uh, of a comet or a certain size asteroid that lands and does incredible destruction, uh, the one place that, that they uh, could survive would be under the earth. And that blocks out radiation. Um, they say that if there was a, an asteroid or a comet fire on top of the earth, that if you were under even six inches of soil, that, that you could survive from the heat. Even six inches of soil, you could survive. And they were a whole lot deeper than that in those subterranean uh, uh, tunnels. And they had, they had fresh water in there, in a lot of them. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's quite the story. Um, the, uh, the giants in the Bible were called the, the, the Teom, uh, T-E-H-O-M-E, uh, you can find that in Numbers 2133, 21, and um, it's it's just interesting that um, uh, there there's this write up in this in this uh, historical thing called Argobs, A R G O B S. It speaks about the sixty cities of the giants. You have to understand how incredibly extensive this thing with the giants was. Um, it 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 was far more uh, extensive. Um, humans are talked about in the Bible of that the day will come when things are going to be so difficult on earth uh, with conditions uh, that they will flee to the caves and the rocks and, and, and to the holes. You can find that in Isaiah 2.19. Um, Hosea 10.8 in the NIV talks about the rocks will fall on us like doves making their um, making their um, uh, their 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 place uh, 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 oh will fall on us like doves making their nest in the ho- hole's mouth. Um, Haggai talks about the overthrow of the throne of kingdoms, speaking of the kingdoms of darkness. Uh, it is so interesting, this whole thing. Uh, when we talk about these caves on Mars and the moon, it's interesting that you can just look it up and read it, that astronauts are being trained uh, to be able to do cave exploration on these um, uh, uh, trips that eventually they'll be making to Mars and the moons of Saturn. They're being trained to do this kind of thing. So it's just absolutely amazing is is uh, you know what we've got to say because uh you know someone says well <clears throat> well you know uh i don't think that the, the the giants were that that extensive well l- let me just tell you a few things <clears throat> there were the amorites excuse me 
<coughs> there were the Amorites. They were giants. You can read about them in Genesis 14, 13, Genesis 10, 15 through 16, Numbers 13, 29 through, uh, through 32, or no, 29 and 32, Numbers 14, 6 through 9. The Amorites, A-M-O-R-I-T-E-S, uh, Genesis 14, 13, 10, 15 through 16, Numbers 13, 29 and 22, um, verses 29 20, and 32, chapter uh, 14, verses 6 through 9. The the Eman, uh, Deuteronomy, this is another kind of giant. So we've got the Am Amorites, the Eman, Deuteronomy 2, 10 through 11, Genesis um, 19, uh, 37. Uh, the Zuzem, this is an interesting one, found in Genesis 14, 5, and the actual name is the Zanzuman. Now, it's interesting this is word Zam because the... Um, uh, the 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 uh, the craft of the of the of the dark side, if you want to call it that, to borrow a term from from Star uh, the Star Wars, uh, uh, you know, it's very interesting here. Uh, there are the there are the good uh, uh, chariots of God, and there are the bad chariots that are not chariots of God, or we actually call them, you know, Ziths or or uh, spacecraft, you know, and so we call the the, the craft of the um, of the 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 you know the forces of dark. We call them Zams, Z or Z A M S, Zams, and and there is a connection to these giants called the Zam Zuman, uh, because uh, this particular line of sh uh, of ships were the ones that were involved in transporting, uh, uh, you know, these uh, uh, many of these giants, and uh, especially the uh, the Zuzim, uh, which were the Zamzum Zuman, and um, the land of of Armon, uh, uh, Ammon, uh, A M M O N, was regarded as a land of giants. They are also in the Hebrew called the Rephim, uh, R E P H A I M. And um, the Amorites called the Zamzuman a people uh, as numerous and tall as the Anakim. Look at Deuteronomy 2, 20 through 21, Genesis 14 through 5. Uh, the Ref, uh, Rephim, uh, you can look at that. Uh, and all the, there's also the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Rapha, which is the singular, and you can look at that at Deuteronomy 3.11 and 2 Samuel uh, 21, 16, verse 16, verse 18, 20. <clears throat> and of course, Sihon that we mentioned earlier, he was the king of the, of the Amorites. So, uh, you know, that's, we're, that's, we're, just, we're just, you know, just touching it here. There's the Nephilim. Uh, you know, and uh, in Genesis 6-4, uh, Israel uh, in the army of Moses sent out uh, spies to the land of Canaan. And um, there, um, from uh, these different um, descendants of the Anak, uh, were these uh, Anakim, uh, described in Numbers 13-28 and Numbers 13-32 and 33. The Anakim, uh, 
you know, described further in um, uh, Numbers 13, 33, uh, uh, I'll mention again, and Deuteronomy 2, 10, uh, and uh, I believe this is right, uh, Deuteronomy 21, 9, and Deuteronomy 9, 2. Uh, Joshua 14, 15, uh, Joshua 15, verse 13, uh, Joshua 21, verse 11. Um, there's other other kinds of things like um, on the, like the Amorites that I was mentioning earlier. Genesis 35, 27, uh, the Amorite, uh, particular Amorite, was once an ally of Abraham, and um, uh, they they went by the name uh, Mammy, uh, or, or Mami, uh, uh, which is another way of, of uh, saying their uh, Amorite uh, background. And uh, you can also look, uh, you know, that was in Genesis thirty-five twenty-seven, and then you can also look at this ally of Abram in Genesis fourteen thirteen, and uh, <clears throat> Joshua eleven twenty-one through twenty-two uh, talks about the Anakim, the Amorites, destroyed by Joshua, and uh, uh, from their uh, mountain sites, and left only, as I said earlier, uh, a remnant in Gaza and Gath. And and uh, uh, and Ashdod, uh, these were offspring are from these giants. The offspring uh, connected with Goliath, um, described in Joshua eleven twenty one twenty two, and especially in First Samuel seventeen four seven. Um, wow, um, I'll tell you, that's that's a lot of giants. And, and this thing about the giants and the creation of the of the of the dragons called dinosaurs and creation of this giant world, as I described going back millions of years ago by Lucifer Satan, uh, there are things they have still found today. Like most people may not be, uh, uh, um, I'm going to stop here in just a jiffy and let uh, take a break. But let me just read this: um, Sea scorpions. They have found eight feet long. Sea scorpions, eight feet long. Spiders with 12-inch leg spans. Centipedes, 13 inches long. Frogs, 13 inches long. Dragonflies, dragonflies with wingspans, two and a half feet. Rats weighing 750 pounds. Uh, they've, they've found the remnants, uh, the, the, the fossils of these, and some of these they've found that are still living. Uh, the giant spider crab claw spread uh, 12 feet. Turtles, they found 16 feet long. Uh, Atlas moths, uh, wingspan 11 inches. Worms, 22 feet long. Snakes, 42 feet long. Octopus with 100-foot-long tentacles. Uh, we're going to stop right there. There's an interesting part we're going to get to on Mary Magdalene uh, that ties into <laughs> this story. Uh, especially uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, we'll take this break right now. Janet Lee at the organ.
Thank you, Janet Lee. That's absolutely great. Wow. Okay, here we are back at it. And, um, you know, this, it was an incredible thing, finding, uh, the finding that was uh, had of, um, of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, uh, you know, those were found, uh, most of it all in caves, uh, right, you know, above the Dead Sea Scroll, uh, pardon me, above the, uh, the Dead Sea. And, um, it, it's just, um, you know, absolutely interesting and fascinating that, uh, that there are all these, these things that are so absolutely, absolutely phenomenal that God has, has done and has provided, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 I, I just find it exciting. Um, I never get tired of, of, uh, thinking about talking about these revelations because they are they are so persistently real they are so utterly um, full of excitons um, blessed be the name of God blessed be the power and the wonder of God um, last week we talked about the terrors and how that these were the children of God uh, pardon me that were the children of, of uh, Lucifer Satan they were children of devils, and um, we, uh, you know, we gave you that uh, that scripture, and uh, for you to to look up and read it yourself, uh, it it to not say that those things are are not exciting is just to be a dull-minded person. That that's all I could say. Just a person that is just not with it, just dull-minded, and that that is. That is, uh, you know, so very, very sad because, uh, you know, there is so much that is offered to, to God's people. But if they, they don't get with it and get turned on, then what, what can we say? What can we say? Uh, it's just um, sad. That's, that's all I, that, that we can say because uh, there's just... Um, no way of, uh, of of putting it any other reasonable uh, description. Okay, now there were like over nine hundred manuscripts, scroll parts that were found of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Over nine hundred, and incredible information. Uh, this information was blocked from being able to be uh, revealed um, for, um, for years and years and years. And um, many of the scholars were told, even the young ones, that you will never see these scrolls in your lifetime. But after, you know, a lot of years, and I'm talking about, you know, more than 50 years, uh, there was a, a scholar person who went in and secretly took, with a very small little camera, pictures of, of these um, um, revelations or of these uh, 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 manuscripts, uh, scrolls. And then, uh, knowing that they would never let him probably back into the country, but knowing that this needed to be out to the people, he uh, translated it and he published it. Well, as soon as he did that, and the secrets were out, 
then they really got into the big rush and uh, they start putting certain people involved into it and uh, they started um, giving their own interpretation of what these scrolls said and they start getting them out after it had already been released by by uh, this very brave and awesome thing that uh, that this scholar did. And um, God has a way of breaking the bars of prison. Uh, God has a way of opening the doors that are shut and, and the gates that are closed to open them. And <clears throat> there was a place that they found there uh, at... Um, the north end of the of the of the uh, Dead Sea, and uh, it was right at the bottom of the of this of these cliffs, where many of the caves were, and it was like uh, a settlement. They, it's almost a little city, and uh, it was called Q U M R A N, you know, and uh, it it is uh, very interesting. This uh, this. Uh, uh, Kuran, Kuran or Kiram, or I, I pronounce it uh, like uh, uh, Kuran because uh, the last part is separated R A N. And um, uh, the, the interesting that the meaning of that settlement of that and of that word um, uh, Kuran is actually means moon. Now, we know that, that uh, one of the powerful um, generals of, of Rome came with his army and, uh, and in about uh, the, um, you know, um, uh, BCE uh, 68, he destroyed that whole settlement. And um, we know that that there was a terrible destruction and that was turned to blood. And it's interesting when the name of of Kiran is a meaning of moon, that we could almost think of that as being another meaning of the scripture that says that the moon turned to blood. Because here's this sacred place, some people say of the Essenes, some people say of Zealots, but one of the persons that legends say went there, and I do have some Bible scripture for it, but I'm going to save my Bible scripture revelation on that until I do the teaching of the uh, War of the Gods and the Battle of the Rings. Uh, but um, uh, Mary Magdalene, after the crucifixion, she escaped they caught on that she was involved with the disciples. In fact, she was one of the leaders. And uh, they went over to Galilee uh, to that, uh, that place that had the tower, the fish, and all of that, and where she had her business. And uh, they, they, they destroyed that, that place, destroyed, killed a lot of the people. She had fled already. And one of the places that was called the secret hiding place of Mary Magdalene is this place of of Quran and uh, or quantum as some people like to say it and this is located on the west side of the Dead Sea and uh, it's northwest corner of the Dead Sea 
and about 40 kilometers east of Jerusalem. And they found there in the ruins after the Romans destroyed it, a scriptorium where the writing by the scribes was being done on these scrolls. And uh, these caves that these uh, scrolls were found in were actually places where people were living because they found uh, items that were, you know, sort of household items. And so uh, the people lived in those caves. Probably they had some kind of a rope net ladder that they would be able to go up and down that was, uh, you know, well secured from the top. Um, well, they, they uh, hid those uh, scrolls in there, obviously tore down any natural entrance thing so that, uh, that the Romans wouldn't find it because they knew the Romans were coming. And, and, and they had agreed to hide Mary there because uh, they began to cooperate with, you know, uh, the rebels and, and uh, uh, that were against uh, what was happening in Jerusalem, uh, even with, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, people of, of, of Israel who had, were high priests and who had gotten uh, uh, involved in um, being... Uh, reconciled to the, to the order of uh, and law of the Romans, and so uh, these people they they were rebellious to that, and and uh, they took in and and uh, uh, harbored and protected. And one of the people that came there that did a whole lot more than just being harbored was Mary Magdalene. And there is an incredible story that I want to tell, but not this time about how she was involved uh, with this uh, place of the scriptorium and, and, and with the idea that these uh, uh, scrolls should be hidden. So um, that story is coming up the road and that was another connection to caves and how the caves have played a part and how that the Bible says they're going to play additional part because there's going to be more and more uh, underground living. I told you about how that under the the uh, mountains of Shanghai, that the China has a huge uh, subterranean underground computer city. And recently, a truck driver reported, I don't know how true it is or not, but I put it on the Facebook, that he was delivering... Uh, a large truck. He didn't know what it was, but it, I, he, I, you know, I guess it turned out to be boxes of certain kind of of arms and and supplies. Uh, he went into this place, and there was, um, you know, uh, really tight security. And he went into a tunnel, and then as he got in there, he just drove for miles. So he was talking to one of the people in there, and he found out that these tunnels uh, over in the Washington area. Uh, they go from one state to another, and that they're they're like over a hundred miles long, and there is uh, food and supply and ammunition and and uh, uh, all kinds oil, I'm sure, and fuels and all kinds of things hidden under there. Arms. Uh, it's it's just amazing if that is true. I can't say it's true because I don't yet at this time uh, have the evidence of that or have the time to really check it out. But I will eventually, will eventually check that out. So that, that is, you know, 
the story there, and I'm going to have to get to the reading here. But we talked also a while back about the image of, of jealousy. That's described in Ezekiel 8, 3. Um, and uh, you can also look that up in the Strong's Concordance in the, he the um, Hebrew, uh, 7068, uh, and the seat of the, of the image of jealousy. Uh, that's a very, very uh, interesting uh, uh, connection there, which provoketh the jealousy. Um, you know, jealousy always reveals the word of competition. So we know that for everything that there is in the spirit, uh, there is something that is a counterfeit in the in the opposite side of it, and that's why that when God opened the gate and allowed the sons sons and daughters of of Enoch to be transferred on the Zis to another planet, that opened the gate for Lucifer uh, to have his fair share, what they would call it, and uh, and because there there's a jealousy. And, and and that jealousy is a competition between the the sons of of light and the sons of darkness, the the forces of evil and the forces uh, of uh, you know that that are good. And the sixth chapter of Ephesians uh, tells us that story. It tells us that story of the principalities, and it says you know. Don't get involved thinking that this war is about flesh and blood. This war is about uh, principalities and powers of, 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 of uh, light and darkness. That's what this is all about. The manifest teachings are telling you that story. And the Bible says in Ephesians that it's a story that is supposed to be known by all the church. And I've read that scripture to you many times. And so this image of jealousy, you know, is is all part of that. Uh, Satan uh, can act as an angel of light. Uh, of light. Uh, he, he has a rod, uh, you know, of there's a rod of Lucifer, Satan. Um, he uh, can be involved in um, erecting and creating uh, uh, between, you know, the heavens and the earth. Um, there's the neither sphere, uh, of the bottomless pit uh, or endless shaft of space uh, that we've preached about and told about. Um, even God in Zechariah 1.14 says, I am a jealous God. So we got God is a jealous God, and then we got the image of jealousy, which is talking about Lucifer, Satan. So we see there's this thing between the forces of good and the, and the, and the, and the forces that are that are evil, and uh, and of course Revelations uh, talks about the serpent dragon, that old ancient serpent called the devil and Satan. Re Revelations twelve nine, and it talks about the seat of Satan, the spirit of adversary of adversary to God. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, Revelations thirteen two and Revelation sixteen ten, and uh, there's a whole bunch of other scriptures we've talked about it. Bible talks in Galatians 3.1 about being bewitched and it goes on and on and on as to all the things that are. When we get into this thing about the, about the, um, the planets, uh, the ancient Greeks in the 6th century B.C. referred to planets as wandering stars. So when we read in the book of Jude about the wandering stars, people don't even know 
that wandering stars are talking about planets. And it is so important for people to be updated to know these things because without knowing them, then they're just, they're just lost in the drear of, of, of a murky mentality. And God is manifesting these things. So, and we, we've gone through the scriptures. We've showed you how that, that actually many of these planets are named in the, in the Bible, but the transliterations are, are from other languages. So they're not translated into names like Mars or, or uh, Saturn. They're translated in the Bible in other names. But, but they, they definitely, beyond a question, shadow of a doubt, are referring to those planets. So those are all things that uh, are all part of this thing that we're doing. And, and when we talk about the seven thunders and the revelation of the little book, the book of little things that was handed to, handed to John, and that those things were to be kept secret until a certain time, and then the mysteries would be revealed, and uh, and uh, that's all the excitement of everything. That's all the excitement of the of the truth that shall set you free. And uh, we got to this revelation about the rings. We're going to be on a huge teaching on that. Uh, you know, we found out that rings uh, are seals and halos and and circular and 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 even lateral. Physical rings have, uh, and lateral, and even physical rings have crystal stones that ground the halo energy. Uh, wow. Uh, there are rings with, uh, with halo airlines or, or halos that sit flush with no airlines. Uh, there's, uh, you know, colors to the different auras and the halos. And, and there's, uh, two different kinds of rings we're talking about here, the uh, literal ring that you would wear or the, the rings that are like halos over some person's head, like a, a nimbus. Um, halo can be a, a radiant light around the head, yes. And there's descriptions of this in the Bible. And uh, we talked about the seals that seal up the stars, the seal that seals up uh, the hand of, of, of a man. Uh, We've uh, mentioned all the scriptures like Second Kings 23.5 that speaks about the kings of Judah that burned incense to the high places of the cities, to Baal, to the sun, to the moon, and to the planets, and to all the hosts of heaven. Uh, wow, we, we have really given you a huge assortment of, of, of revelation. It's been quite awesome. Okay, now to the reading of, the, of this uh, holy manifest a manuscript uh, from um, the great archangel um, um, uh, that that uh, Gabriel that has revealed these things. Uh, blessed be the God of heaven for his uh, wonderful ministry. Okay, uh, we'll just read a little bit of this last verse that we where we stopped. Many. Uh, uh, Let's see here. Not just a minute. If I've got the right verse that I'm going to be on to here. Here it is. Um, of the many generations, I brought forth my creations to become messengers. The inner alpha miscreants uh, were a paradox not only to themselves but also to my representatives. The miscreants were the many Gog Alphans. 
that rebelled and often in insurrections. Understand, as the Gog Alphan entries emerged to expand at conscious energy levels, the major cause of their rebellion was their tendency to desire godship supremacy, even to the extent of becoming god over one another. So it was I came to accept that my love was too overpowering of a shining closeness for the inner alpha creations in their advanced states. I understood that this closeness contributed to their obsessions of godship. For this, for this I, I, I forgave them, but for their hatred of each other I could not abide. It was these same miscreants who conceptualized the creating of hypergenic life-form models, not to be confused with the plurmas. These hypergenic life-form models were created to be Gog-Alphan subjects and were um, designed to conduct counterintelligent activities on each other. Subsequently, these hypergenetic uh, life-forms were Gog-Ascentic uh, constructions which means they carried the appearance of having life forms, but actually were not. Consequently, such life models drew up upon power through the conscious connection of a real entity. However, only the strongest minds were capable of being controllers, for there was danger of ascetic delusion. Therefore, many Alphans became deceived by conspiring to make themselves superior for the sake of their personal desires, and because of their deceit became intoned to decrescent decrescent states. It must be understood that such resolutions were the choice of all three in, uh, all free entities. Uh, decrescent is D-E-C-R-E-S-C-E-N-T states. Okay. For they knew well the natural and spiritual laws they violated. These laws given for the sake of all righteousness revealed that which affected the depreciation of, or appreciation of intonations. Understand the degrees of such intonations are many. So it was I allowed them by their own experiments to diminish their own physical forms. Nevertheless, it must not be construed that the form of a physical life is designed as an equal parallel to the form of the spirit of that life. For a life, although experiencing death in its form or fashion, may, uh, may continue by spirit consciousness, which is a totally different form. So then, if the entity loses its form of spirit consciousness, then that entity is truly uh, I, I, uh, a truly identity dead of God's life. That's an important how it says that, truly identity dead. That's a particular kind of death. After many uh, additional sequences of Alpha and Rebellion continued, the invisible ultimate God I am, knowing what must be done, sent forth... I'll just been here. Uh, sent forth, um, and I've got to find my my next thing here. Here it is. Uh, amtristic essence of first present vibration, which radiated in every lattice, instantly every wavelength of the abominable abominable inner alpha creations ceased in each and every form and shape of inner alpha consciousness. This was so because those inner alpha creatures, not being in alignment to M's higher vibration, when subjected to such vibrations, became misaligned even to their own vibrations to the point their waveforms dissimilated. 
Consequently, although the perpetual energy of the of their beings were not destroyed, their consciousness and identities of persons ceased. There remained only pure energy which returned to God who gave them. Then the invisible ultimate one, the I am said, I will never again abide or reveal my energy in the ascetic code of my first presence among those who live in the lower vibration. Nor will I in my first presence confab with those who choose to be set aside in the manner as I did with Gog. How towering the shame that births sadness! How pitiful the ignorance that breeds forgetfulness! That those who once had known truth should cease to remember and respect that I, God, am the spirit of life. Thus, after God's rebellion, I am living about the realms of those entities, could not tolerate their holy and unperfect ways, nor could those misaligned entities endure the holiness of I am's higher presence. For multitudes had willingly followed Gog's deceit, choosing to go astray so that Gog, whom they admired, could be empowered. So it was a preponderance of those Alphans turned their attention from the I am to the to Gog because they came to believe that Gog was in the eccentric, eccentric uh, E-S-S-E-N-T-I-C, uh, ascetic form of God I am, therefore changing the spiritual balance of the inner alpha constructions from progressive alignments to misconstrued alignments. For Gog not only deceived the Alphan, but unqualified their types and characters, separating subjects that unbelieved would be loyal to unself. But those Alpha fans whom God looked down upon or disdained, pardon me, not God, but those Alphans who, Alphans who Gog looked down upon or disdained, uh, unbanished to the corners of dim existence beyond the edge of civilization. From those banished ones came the spiritually dark hordes of ignorant masses. However, many of the dark hordes were merciful individuals, and during the great wars of, of Gog and Agog, they gave refuge to the Gog Alphans who fed, uh, f- fled from the uh, cataclysms of war. And so it came to be, as the last of many long se- uh, secessions, S-U-C-C-E-S-S-I-O-N-S, of inner Alpha orders were ending. I am separated M's presence and found it the first domain. For so it was when those same Alphans, Alphans, A-L-P-H-A-N-S, of the inner Alpha kingdoms failed the test of their free will agency, I am moved to limit M's higher presence to only those that transcend it. <coughs> Thus was created the domain of I am's first presence, the first domain, uh, the, the, the domain of, of I am's first presence, the first domain, period. Understand that the, before the first domain, it was not possible for external life to become linked to the I am. Nevertheless, in the inner alpha orders, there were those that entered alignments with the I am. There in the first domain, the I am, the breath of life, lives. There the breath shall always live. That breath was the life and energy of the inner alpha successions. So it was the first, uh, the breath was the life and the energy of the inner alpha successions. So it was the first domain became the span of all existence that was superlative. 
Its living dimensions and energies consisted of the innermost realm of the Orakor, I am's highest being, and the holy realms between the cycles, or as it may be said, between the living wheel rings of I am's pure mind energies. And uh, and so I am set the first domain as a timeless abide abode. He set the first domain as a timeless abode where transcendent ones of the future existences could have a home with God the I am. Happy are they who transcend it to abide before I am's first presence. In that abode there exists no bodies capable of experiencing pain, sorrow, or dying. There the mind of each entity is the entity. Uh, and holy and the body forms are as mere costumes each entity may wear. There is a salubrity of holy awe. Each mind may align. Salubrity, S-A-L-U-B-R-I-T-Y, of holy awe. A-double-E. Each mind may align to the frequencies of Am's mind world and feast in the glories of pituity. Reconciliation or reticulation of alpha orders. R-E-T-I-C-U-L-A-T-I-O-N of alpha orders. Let no one say that all alpha orders are no more. For I am is the, is the creator, the everlasting first and the everlasting last of who was and who who is and shall be, the Alpha and the Omega, or as it may be said, the always, containing both the beginning and the ending, uh, both the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The great I Am has decreed. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's see, let's go on here. Um, uh, the... the uh, Therefore, understand, although the invisible I Am elected to remove M's first presence from the inner Alpha constructions... The end of inner alpha successions was not the end of alpha constructions, for I am is both alpha and omega, because I am's higher self, or as it may be said, I am's first presence, dwelt amidst the alpha uh, creations. These creations were called the inner alpha successions. However, after I am removed and separated M's higher presence into the first domain, all alpha creations since are successions of outer alpha creations. Although all universal creations, be in physical realms, are the uh, after occurrences of alpha dispensations, universal cre uh, creations continue in the omega dispensations. When the omega dispensations are in full disposition, uh, alpha dispensations will begin again. This is not to say that both alpha and omega events do not occur within each of the dispensation, uh, dispensations, for they do. That's interesting, uh, just to take a break here. There, this is not to say that both Alpha and Omega events do not occur within each kind of dispensation. Uh, you can be in a, uh, an Alpha ministry and have Omega revelation. You can be in a Omega revelation and have uh, Alpha revelation, vice versa. So um, those things are are, are very uh, you know very very important. Okay. So um, let's go on here. Um, since the passing of the inner alpha successions, the oracle of I am being the headship remains perpetually in the glorious dimension of one. Uh, 
that be in the first domain. Nevertheless, M's representatives, as M's feet, uh, walk the pathways of the outer realms uh, during each creation time. So it is to the degree um, I am's Holy Ghost is, is poured upon whatsoever and whomsoever, and to the extent the image of I am is represented by that Holy Ghost outpouring, that becomes the extent of their representation of I am, uh, of I am uh, as uh, to be accepted. Surely there will arise questioners who will say, since the invisible ultimate God is both Alpha and Omega, and all energies are amtristic creations, when the I am disdained uh, the hatred of the Alpha creations, did not God I am disdain his own creating? Hear therefore these words and be wise. To the extent that Alpha and Omega energies exist according to I am's intent, the invisible ultimate I am does not disdain their actions. But to the extent that these entities of free moral agency develop misconstrued tendencies and set themselves aside from I am's goodness, to that extent, the invisible ultimate God, I am, disdains their actions. Living energies existing according to I am's intent are living energies that have taken on or uh, on or are emerging into, and that's E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, are emerging into M's likeness. The I am does not disdain the will nor the actions of those living entities whose intents are accounted to be. Therefore, the I am does not disdain M's creations just because some of the living entities uh, did not um, in, ensue tendencies to take on or, or emerge into M's likeness or seek to become rooted to the I am. But I am does disdain the actions of those creatures or creations. This also know when it was said that the I am removed himself from the form of the abominable alpha creations. It was not to say that all alphans, alphans failed to enter alignments to the higher presence of the I am alpha core. Nor was it to say that the alphans were lost or destroyed, nor that the successions of the inner alpha uh, were in vain. For now it is clear that the invisible ultimate I am withdrew himself from the inner alpha creations for M's mercy's sake. I am withdrew himself because of M's love that M might not look directly upon the sinfulness of those misaligned alphans, alphans, A-L-P-H-A-N-S, or look upon the dark hordes until they were given a time and a chance to choose between spiritual life and death. Now, this next part's very, very interesting, called uh, punctuated points. Uh, people have asked questions about this. Thus, the I am deferred hope and opportunity to the dark hordes. Now, there are teachings of the Holy Man Manifest called deferred equality. And um, this also, this uh, deferred uh, progenity, uh, our deferred progeny, uh, is about uh, there being uh, someone not born at a time that might be due to be born at that time, 
but but uh, the Bible talks about being born in in a undue season or being born out of season, and so there are people that are not born at a time that is the season of their life to be born, <clears throat> but they are deferred by a destiny plan of God, and uh, that is called deferred uh, progeny, which also means uh, deferred. Uh, you know, uh, progenity, or it's connected in a certain way to deferred equality. And um, I, I wanted to just finish reading here before we sort of bring this to a, a close. So the dark hordes become punctuated points. Thus the I am deferred hope and opportunity to the dark hordes who had committed abominations. For those dark hordes were unwillingly separated by Gog's force from the realms where the <clears throat> where the power of divine flashing energy points could be seen and experienced. Thus, by I am's mercy, those entities were given an extension until they could have a time and a chance for purification in worlds to come, such as the first universe of the outer successions. Those worlds to come would be partially comprised of new creations and of such pre-universal entities as the Dark Hordes, <clears throat> Thus, for deferred progeny, those entities were retained until they might have opportunity to gain orosol identities. Now, so that you understand this, this deferred, deferred progenity of punctuated points puts these people into the compression of the universe as a punctuated point and their, their uh, knowledge and their mind thinking and, and all of those kind of things are put in a suspension because of the compression that they are in as a punctuated point. But then when the universe is, as the Bible describes it, he unrolls the, you know, unrolls the scroll of the universe and it's spread out again, those punctuated points then can begin to come back into life uh, and have an opportunity, not a guarantee, that they may be coming back into that particular uh, universe. And so um, we're going to um, basically uh, stop there with our reading of this part, and we're going to basically say that this 10th teaching that we've done today is uh, the close right now of the teaching of the Gogs. And um, next week we'll start on a new subject. I'm not 100% sure. It could be uh, the war, the lost book of the War of the Gods, or it could be the, uh, the, the, the war between the rings of, of the powers of light and the, and the rings of the powers of, of darkness. I'll just see how the Lord leads me. That'll be starting next week. May God bless you. And let me pray as Jan is playing the organ. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray for those who are sick in body, disabled, in pain. Reach out your hands of love, your everlasting arm. Reach out the vibrations of this word and reach into their bodies. Heal them, God. Heal them in the way of a miracle. Heal them in the way of the sensations of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God. God bless you. 
Until next time, Janet at the Organ. <laughs>